You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. How are we this morning? Be good? Be good? Short week? Everyone feel a bit more revived from their short week? If you've got a public holiday, that is. Not everyone gets them, I understand. Um, but uh, if you feel revived from your short week, I'm glad. It's good to see you look good this morning. Do you feel like you look good? Be confident. Just tell yourself. Say, I look good. Look to the person next to you. Say, hey, I, I look good. I look good. Speak in faith. Speak in faith. Hey, if you're new here this morning, welcome. Uh, it's so good to have you. My name is Simo and uh, my wife and I, Jess, who's not down there, no, seat, no one in the seat down there. Um, we just love being part of the team. We're part of the team. We'd love to meet you afterwards. Um, and I just hope you have a good morning this morning. It's going to be good. Who's ready this morning for the Word? Who's got your notepads and your, and your Bibles, your digital Bibles? Everyone got them ready, your pens? Awesome. Hey, uh, who, who loved, I know this is a different series now, but who loved the last series, Full House? Who enjoyed the last series? Yeah, come on. It was awesome. We got to hear from a lot of different uh, influential families and people in the life of our church. And it just showed how vital this thing called family, church community is, where we can learn from one another. And so we learned um, like just tips and tricks and things in family life. And then we learned how to have a vision uh, for, our, for our family. And it's so applicable to every single one of us, whether we've got a family right now or not, that we get a vision and a goal for how God wants to use us and generationally along the line. I thought, I thought it was awesome. I think it's the kind of series that uh, you got to do your homework on. It's not like you know, obviously with the Netflix series, you don't do your homework. Some people do. You get on IMBD or whatever it's called and you check out all the different actors. But I feel like every series, make sure you do your homework. Like you spend some time with God, get a vision for your family, get in the Word of God, go back over uh, what we spoke about, figure out if we got something wrong, right? Because we're, we're, we get stuff wrong. And um, But check out the podcasts if you miss it. Like don't let the series just pass you by. Let it meditate and let God do something in your world permanently that will carry on. But I thought it was an awesome series. And uh, I've got the privilege of kicking off a brand new series called Life Hack. Life Hack. And uh, some of you might know what that phrase means, Life Hack. Um, but some of you might not. And you're sitting there right now thinking, that sounds really violent. Why are we doing a series about hacking life? And. Um, so, but life hacks, for those who aren't familiar with the kind of current popular uh, pop phrase, is essentially another word for life tips. Life tips. Who didn't know what life hacks meant? On a, oh, a good percentage of people. So essentially life hacks is life tips. If you go on the internet and you type in life hacks, you're going to find a whole plethora of like different tips and tricks in everyday life, like little shortcuts on how to do things better. For example, it might be, uh, I think a buzz one, there's like all trendy ones, they're a bit stupid, right? One of them is like, hey, how to lose weight, just put some butter in your black coffee. Has anyone heard that one? That's ridiculous, I don't understand that one. Or um, one of my favourites is like, how to fold a t-shirt, it's really cool, like, look it up, in one foul swoop, 
without having a crease down the middle of your shirt. You know what I'm talking about? Because I'm one of those guys who just folds in the middle and just, you know, straighten the jaw. So life tips or life hacks. And there's so many on the internet how to get uh, coffee out of furniture, out of carpet and things like that. There's actually a website called Life Hacks Australia. It's pretty good. You should go check it out. Um, I can't recommend or vouch for all the life hacks on there, but it's pretty fun. YouTube it. But essentially, Life Hacks, this new series, is about doing life well. How can we do life well? What are the life hacks that we can learn from to do life well? And I mean, the world is full of life hacks, uh, but the Word of God has a lot to say about how to do life well. And so for this series, we're actually going to camp in Proverbs. We're going to camp in the book of Proverbs, which is kind of like God's life hack chapter in the Scriptures, as how to navigate life with a godly perspective, with wisdom. So we're going to camp in Proverbs. We're going to camp in Proverbs uh, 3. But do do not underestimate the power of this book. This book is living, it's active, they're not static, they're just not static words, they're not just plain flat words, it's living and active. And we read uh, in Hebrews, it says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. How good is that? A lot of the time when we read this, it actually reads us. When we allow the Word of God not to just pass through our minds, but when we engage with the Word of God, it begins to change and read us. And God begins to show us, hey, that's, that's actually not what I want you to have in your heart. Or hey, that, I don't, that's an idea that I didn't plan for you to have. And so when we think about life hacks, I feel like as, as believers, as followers of Christ, we have godly wisdom, divine wisdom in the Word of God, which is kind of an unfair advantage, if you ask me. In a sense, it's a life hack. It's kind of like, hey, we've got a shortcut. God's like, here's some godly wisdom for you to do life well. So we're going to look into uh, to some aspects in Proverbs 3, how to do life well. Are we excited about that this morning? Who can, who can do with doing life a little bit better? Come on, I reckon, I mean, some of you guys with your hands down, I need to talk to you, you're doing life well, come on. Get a coffee and I'll pick your brain. Um, so just to start, I want to kind of, um, I just want to, for this series, give a bit of context to the book of Proverbs. Give a bit of an overview. I just want to kind of couch it where it is in time and what it's about for us to start to go through Proverbs 3 and understand. So Proverbs is essentially part of what Scripture is called the wisdom literature. Wisdom literature. And there's actually three different books. I did two fingers there, but I mean three, three different books of wisdom literature. There's Proverbs is one book of wisdom literature. Ecclesiastes is actually another book. You might be surprised with all the like, not sarcasm, but like, you know, he's pretty down, that guy. Um, Life is meaningless and stuff like that. Um, If you're feeling sad and aren't into country music, just read Ecclesiastes. And then, I mean, you can back it up with Job if you want too. So Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and Job actually make up the wisdom books of literature. 
wisdom literature. It's like, and it was so cleverly crafted that the, the writers of Scripture and of those books actually intended that to, to gain the full depth and richness of godly wisdom from the Scripture, that we would read these books synoptically, that we would read them together, that we'd read them in unison, that through our life we would actually, because they were planned to be meditation books, that we would meditate on Proverbs, we would meditate on Scripture, on Ecclesiastes and Job as, as portions of wisdom literature, so that over our lifetime, that we would gain different, like a, like a diamond, would gain different aspects and glimpses of different colors and aspects of the nature of God and His wisdom. Because life isn't black and white. Life isn't Straight down the line. Life is complex. Life is, is messy sometimes. And the, these books of wisdom actually start to showcase and, and work through some of those complexities. And so I would encourage you as part of your devotion, as part of your normal reading plan, make sure to be meditating on these wisdom books of literature and spend time in them. Don't rush through them. Spend time and let God speak to you through these books. But this morning we're specifically in Proverbs, in Proverbs 3, and we're going to be going through Proverbs 3 uh, over the next four weeks, which is going to be awesome. So it's a little bit of a different series. It's not topical. It's not, um, it's, we're going, we're just working through Scripture. How good is that? We're just working through the Word of God and unearthing what God would want to say to us from them. Amen. Uh, so fun fact, the words Wise and wisdom occurs about 125 times in Proverbs. And, um, and Paul, throughout, throughout the New Testament, actually commanded wisdom. He actually, he prayed for wisdom. You know, in, a, in Ephesians, uh, he says, I pray that you'd get a spirit of wisdom and revelation. The wisdom, the wisdom we're talking about in Proverbs isn't, isn't just these good ideas to help us with life, but it's actually divine ideas from God that is going to help us. They're divine ideas. And it's really interesting. So Proverbs um, from chapters 1 to 9 is actually the introduction to Proverbs, which is a bit strange, but you didn't know that. 1 to 9 is actually kind of the intro or the executive summary into the rest of Proverbs. And in 1 to 9, we see there are like 10 letters of a father's heart to a son to implore him to gain wisdom, to get hungry and desire godly wisdom. It's like preparing us to receive wisdom well. And then scattered throughout that, there's, there's these poet, uh, woven between it, there's like four poet uh, poems uh, of what is personified, the personification of wisdom in the book of Proverbs is a woman. This woman, Lady Wisdom, that calls out from the gates. Actually, it says, um, it says at the beginning, it says, in, oh, sorry, in Proverbs 8, this is her speaking. It says, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city at the entrance, she cries aloud to you, O people. I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind. And Proverbs is personified as this virtuous woman's calling out. She's like, hey, you come listen, come listen. This is, there's finer riches than gold and rubies in the things that I want to teach you. 
And so we're, we're kind of couched at the beginning. And it's funny, she goes on and she, in, in, chapter, in Proverbs 8, and she begins to like, it's kind of like a resume. She's like, those kings, those kings that are doing well, yeah, that's because of me. That's because of wisdom. She's like, oh, those, those princes that are like dominating, yeah, that's because of me. They're using me, wisdom. And at the end, she, she finishes and she, she kind of starts talking about her biggest client which is God. And she talks about how in the beginning, there's like the trump card. She's like, oh, if, you, if you're not sold on my services just yet, just remember, hey, I was there in the beginning with God as He created and formed the heavens and the earth. He's like, God used me. God worked with me. And here we see she's trying to convince us, hey, you, you kind of want to work with me too. Look, look, I helped. I was with God when He created the heavens and the earth. You should, probably, you should probably listen to me. I'm a good consultant. And so here we begin. And wisdom is saying to us this morning, hey, let's listen. Let's listen to wisdom, this attribute of God that is willing to teach us and expose, you know, things that aren't the thoughts and ideas of God. And he's beginning to show us what are his ideas for living. Who's excited about that? Good. So wisdom... The Hebrew word, I'm chucking a Pastor Keith here, first Hebrew word I think I've ever thrown out in a preach is hokmah. Everyone say hokmah. That's a fun word, isn't it? It's a hokmah. You know? <laughs> Just greet someone with that. Uh, hokmah, which means, you know, wisdom, is applied knowledge. So applied knowledge. So throughout Proverbs, you actually see that there's like levels. There's knowledge, there's understanding, and then there's wisdom. So I think knowledge is the, is the rational thinking. Uh, I've got knowledge. Understanding is when I would say it trickles down to like our inner being, our heart, and we take it on as just not just knowledge but understanding. But wisdom is the applied knowledge and skill to walk out understanding. So wisdom is actually operated in the walking out of the knowledge. It's actually the application of the Word of God. When we apply the Word of God and begin to walk in the Word of God, when we actually begin to follow Jesus, when He commands and asks us to do things, when we actually walk out and do what God says, we're walking in wisdom. A lot of us think that, and I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I've got a lot of wise thoughts. But then when I look at my everyday life, I'm like, I'm not walking out a lot of those thoughts. I know those things, but I'm not walking those out. We're here, hokmah means applied knowledge, walking out the doing of the understanding and knowledge that you've received is wise. So we're in Proverbs 3, 1 to 8 this morning, which is awesome, is awesome. So we're going to work through Proverbs this morning. Who's ready? Who's got their Word of God? Who's got their Bible? Who's got the Scripture? All right, let's just read through three Proverbs 3 to 8 this morning says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. 
Fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. How good is that already? It's the Proverbs. Health to your body, nourishment to your bones. This is awesome. And just remember, this is an intro to Proverbs. They're like, the writer is selling Proverbs and saying, these are the reasons why you should take a hold of this wisdom. And before I delve in, I just want to kind of break down for you as we go through wisdom as an introduction to this series, how Proverbs, as ancient Hebrew poetry, it's actually a poetic style book, uh, was broken down. There's actually a really concise strategy in how the writers wrote Proverbs, which is kind of interesting. So the Proverbs means like a short, wise saying. And they're short and brief to give you kind of a hit, a punch of truth and reality. They're short on purpose. But I just want to bring up on the screen uh, the first portion of Proverbs 3. Is it up there? Awesome. So I just want to break it down. So there's usually two parts, especially to these introductory books. These two parts to an idea in the running of the proverb. You've got the first part, my son, do not forget my teachings, which is kind of the what. It's the instruction. It says, hey, this is what I'm instructing you to do. Don't forget my teachings. And you're like, cool, okay. Don't forget your teachings. And then the second portion is the how. So we've got this, the, the what, and then we've got the how that says, okay, how do I not forget your teaching? By keeping the commands in my heart. So we've got the instruction, and then we've got like, the how to back it up. We're like, oh, great, great. So this is why it's a meditation book. Spend time and analyze your world. And this is like a little instruction booklet. It's like the commands, the how, and then the second part is the why. So why should I, why shouldn't I forget your teaching? Because they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. They're like, this is awesome. How good is this instruction booklet? This is, this is phenomenal. And most of Proverbs is kind of like this. And they're called, um, it's called like parallelism or couplets where they'll take two lines. This is why it's poetry. And they'll either contrast each other to like heighten the thought or they'll bring a deeper understanding in the second line to the first thought to kind of elevate the thought. And it's really just to give you a strong indication of what the idea is. So let's keep this in mind. I'll just go over it one more time while we go through the Proverbs. My son, do not forget my teaching is the what, the instruction. But keep my commands in your heart. That's the how. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. We're good? Awesome. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to go through it now. We're actually going to go through that proverb. We're ready. Cool. I'm going to talk to the screen because I was hoping for like a whiteboard, but no one can see a whiteboard up here, right? All right, my son, my son, this is the beginning of the Proverb 3. It's a father's heart to a son. It's not a dictator. It's not an angry deity that's disconnected in the heavens somewhere. No, it's from a father's heart. The instruction isn't, hey, to be a religious, moral person, you have to do these things. No, it's a father's heart to a son. Like I would talk to my son, William, I would instruct him. He's like, I want life to go well for you, William. So I'm giving you some advice, not to just be inconvenient or mean to you, but so that you would do life well. This is a father's heart. This shows the heart of God. My son, my son, because we know it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you 
and plans to give you a hope and a future. So here we have God saying, my son, and then second, do not forget my teaching. It's a command, don't forget my teaching. And you're like, yeah, cool, I know, don't forget the teachings of God. But like, let's, let's just ponder, let's slow down and meditate together on the Word. Do not forget. Okay, who's prone to forgetting? I think God knows that we as humans are very prone to forgetting. Very prone. Like I forget, I forget my keys. Like I don't know that I just I'm yelling out to Jess, where's the keys? Where's the keys? Like I don't every time, why do I forget my keys? Why don't I just put them in the same place every single time? Because I don't. I forget to put them in the same place. He's saying, Don't forget my teaching. Why? Because we're so prone to forgetting the word of God. We come here at church on a Sunday and we hear a message, we're like, Oh, that's right. Ah, oh, I should have been doing that during the week. Oh, I remember that promise. Why didn't I remember that promise? So good, that word. Do not forget my teaching. Do not, he said, and this is a prequel to the Proverbs. Don't forget these Proverbs. These are, these are good to remember. Be intentional. Next line. But keep my commands, but keep. It's not just, hey, think about them, read them. He's saying, but keep. When you keep something, you know, when you think of, if you've got a child, you know, when Audrey has these toys, which she calls my precious things, which is kind of creepy. And my precious things, and she hides them, like she hoards as much as she can go, don't touch my precious things. And she's, and like William's trying to chase her and pull her hair. And she's like, no, my precious things. And like at grandma's house, her precious things are hidden in a cupboard so that they can only come out when William's not around. He says, but keep my commands. Keep them. Like my keys, I should keep them in one spot so I know where they are at all times. Yeah, <laughs> or I should get a tile where my iPhone will tell me where my keys are, right? Keep my commands. Keep them. Take a hold and don't let go of my commands, of my teachings. But keep my commands in your heart. So it's not just keep your commands, keep my commands in your mind. He's saying, don't just keep it, the knowledge. A lot of people have knowledge. A lot of people feel powerful with knowledge, confident with knowledge. But he's saying, no, keep my commands in your heart. Revere them. Honor my commands. Like if I'm saying to William, hey, I want to see him take the heart. I want to see his eyes. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking this to heart, Dad. And same with us, with God, with his Proverbs. We should be reading like from a father to a son, and we should be drinking them in and storing them in our heart. That's where we should be keeping them. Keep the commands in your heart, not in your mind, not off to the side, not, oh, yeah, I'm, I'll, um, I know where that is, or I'll just go to Google to find that. You know, I know that somewhere in the Scripture. I'll just go to Google. No, keep them in your heart. I mean, I do that all the time, right? You keep, <laughs> no, no halo here. Keep them in your heart. And then here we have the awesome why, the father's why, for they will prolong your life many years. You know, one of the biggest things that have taken people out is like stress and anxiety and, and just unwise living is just taking people out. But here we go, it says, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. How good is that? Peace and prosperity, the people of God, the wisdom, 
if we take a hold, our lives will be marked with peace, which I think is poignant in our day and time. There was a famous person that tweeted, um, they, they, tweet, they tweeted something along the lines of um, peace or happiness is the new rich. And she went on to say all these things like kindness is the new cool, all these kind of things. But it, it was the cry of a heart of a moment in time in culture that says, hey, I'd rather have peace in my life than abundance of wealth. And here in Proverbs, we got, we'll bring you peace and prosperity. The people of God, the people could see us and go, how come there's peace on your life? Why are you so prosperous? And it's just like, well, I just, I'm living wise. Hey, check out the Bible. Check it out. Like it's just God is for me. And there's these things, this stuff in the Bible that just helps me live a certain way. And I just do what it says. And things seem to work out pretty good most of the time. Now, in saying that, Proverbs aren't actually promises. There are many promises in Proverbs, but not all of Proverbs are actually promises. They're principles. The in life, if you interact with the attribute of God, wisdom, the things are generally going to go this way, but we know life is complex and messy and different. And that's where Ecclesiastes and Job start to really teach us the complexities of life. So just remember, there are a lot of promises in, prom- uh, in, in Proverbs, but they're not all promises. They're predominantly principles. So don't get angry at God if they don't work every single time. Right? Just disclaimer for God uh, right there. All right, let's go on to the next one. Is everyone enjoying this, just working through the Word of God? It's good. It's different. All right, what's the next one? Proverbs uh, 3 and 4. You notice they're kind of in chunks as you move through. And that's how I'd encourage you just to meditate on the Scripture. Just be slow. Don't try and rush through. So here we go. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Buy them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. All right, let love and faithfulness. Yay. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. It's pretty similar to the last ones. Don't let my teachings leave you. But love and faithfulness can also be translated as mercy and kindness. And throughout Scripture, they're kind of really combined as this, the heart of God towards humanity, mercy and kindness, love and faithfulness. This is God. It's the Father's heart. And He's saying, don't let these attributes of God leave you. Don't let love and faithfulness, mercy and kindness leave you. Don't let them leave you. They're prone to leave you. If you're cynical, pessimistic because of life experiences, they've probably left you. You're probably not gracious and merciful and kind to the people around you. But he's saying, don't let them leave you. Do not let them leave you. That's the nature of God towards people. He's talking about don't let this thing leave you because it's expressing the kindness and the mercy of God to the people around you, towards your family members, towards your friends, co-workers, uh, university cohorts. It says bind them around your neck, which is a bit weird. Come on, let's be honest. Like when we slow down and we think about it, what does that mean? What does bind them around your neck actually means? Uh, at the beginning of Proverbs, there's another reference to binding something around your neck. It's actually in Proverbs 1, 9. It says, They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. So it's almost like, it's almost like he's saying, Hey, wear it like some bling. <laughs> wear, wear 
love and faithfulness like some bling. Like wear it like a big gold chain, like, I don't know, like a big clock. You know that old school rapper that had the big clock? <laughs> that was weird stuff, hey. But bind them around your neck. Get some bling. Wear mercy and love and faithfulness. Wear it so people can see it. Wear it so that when you meet people, they see it, they encounter it. They're like, whoa, that's a big gold chain. That's huge. What's going on with that? Wear love and mercy and kindness like a, like a big gold chain around your neck. And I guarantee you, if you wear a gold chain, a big gold chain around your neck all the time, you're going to notice when it's gone. You're going to notice when you don't have it. Don't leave the house without your gold chain. Like I know when I leave the house, except this morning for some reason, I forgot my phone. I know instinctively, like I didn't even have to check my pockets. I walk out the front door, I'm like, yeah, I don't have my phone. I can't feel it in my pocket. Can't go anywhere without my phone. I just know I need my phone. But we should leave the house always clothed in love and faithfulness, have a bound around our neck. Before we leave the door, it's like, I know I'm not feeling too good. God, Lord, help me. Lord, I need you to help me like, put on love and faithfulness so I can interact with the people I don't like half the time. That's why we need it. I can interact with them well. I need your help, Holy Spirit. So bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So it's an external thing and it's an internal thing. Write it on the tablet of your heart. He's reiterating, keep it in your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name. Then, yep, you'll win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. How good is that? God's like, hey, if you want it to go well for you, look, you're going to win favor in the sight of me, but in man as well. Just love and faithfulness, mercy and kindness, it's going to go well for you. It's going to go good. Hey, if no one likes you at work or at uni or at school or wherever you are, maybe you don't have love and faithfulness bound around your neck. Maybe you need to check. Maybe you need to get in the Scripture and go, hey, God, I need some help because I'm not in a good place. I need you to help me wear this around my neck because I don't have favor with man. <laughs> I don't have favor with people. For some reason, they stay away from me. Um, if you're like me, I have a bit of a non-face of this weird non Like my default face is not smile. And there was this weird moment at work where I realized I have to practice my smile. I've got to practice my smile. It's never a good idea to think I need to practice my smile while you're at work because my friend comes over and he's talking to me and while he's talking to me, I realise I'm not smiling. I've got, a, I've got a negative looking face on and then for some reason, my brain goes, I should smile. So I'm intently listening to my friend and then I just go. <laughs> he, I saw his reaction. He was like, like he just did one of those ones. He was like, try not to be weird. And he kept going. And I was like, never doing that again. Never doing that again. Don't practice a smile mid-conversation. It's probably in Proverbs somewhere, all right? Then you will in favor and a good name in the sight of God. And man, ultimately, it gives glory to God. It just brings glory to God. Let's, let's move on to the next one. You can spend so much time on these. It's so good. All right, this is the one that we all know, and this is, this is the promise. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord. Trust. Put, put your whole self. Give over control. 
right? Give over all control. Give over the wheel. Hand the wheel to, if you're like me, I'm a front, I'm a backseat driver. I can't trust anyone else driving. It's just, I'm a shocker. Trust in the Lord. Go here, you, you cliche, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, <laughs> sometimes they're like, Jesus, take the wheel. And then car crash, no. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So we go, yeah, well, I trust in the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with all your heart? Are there recesses of your heart? Like, I feel like we need to allow God, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to take us on a little tour of our heart. You know, like, God's like, okay, come on, let's check out your heart. I want to, you know, like MTV Cribs, where they go through the house and they check out all the different rooms. God's like, all right, knock, knock. Hey, I want to come check out, I'll come check out your heart. And you're like, yeah, God, I trust you with all my heart. And we're walking through. He's like, what's in this room, eh? There's like all the mess that you just pile in there when people come around and you just like shove it in there and the children and everything. Because um, like, what's in here? Hey, hey, I, I, and you're like, oh, I didn't know about that room. Hey, I didn't, I, I forgot about, I forgot about that room actually. I haven't cleaned that one for four years. God's like, trust me with all of your heart, every room, every segment, every drawer, every Tupperware drawer, right? With all the lids that don't fit containers and stuff, geez. Every jar, every container, everything. Trust the Lord with all your heart. I mean, to meditate on this with God, there's a lifetime in it. There's always something in us that we're not trusting in God with. So this this proverb is not like, yep, I trust in God. Yep. No, it's something to just to be to, to always be pondering and meditating on. And here we go. And lean not, and lean not. Do not lean. It's like, do not lean. Uh, it's like, you know, construction work site. Don't lean on that. It's not, it's not bolted down. Don't lean on that. Don't lean on that wall. It's not constructed right. Safety warning. It's like sort of saying, it's like safety warning. Don't come on this construction site. It's not safe. Do not lean and not lean on your own understanding. He's like, what are you leaning on? It's asking us a question. It's asking us to look at ourselves and saying, do not lean on your own understanding. Yeah, God, I don't lean on myself. No, 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 no. What are you leaning on? Are there some opinions that you have that you're leaning on? They might be opinions you've formed or you've just kind of naturally formed them from listening to the world and media and just stuff you hear, friends, people. Is it from the Word of God? Is it life experience? Because that can feel pretty, you can feel pretty wise with your life experience. But are you leaning on your wisdom in life experience? He's saying, do not lean on your own understanding. Don't lean. It's not safe. Because as soon as your understanding is pulled from underneath you, as soon as it cracks, as soon as it breaks, as soon as that stool that you're leaning on, as soon as its legs get taken out from under you, you will hit the ground with your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. In all your ways. every Like I was talking to a friend this week about work. And we're just talking about, you know, what should, we're talking about what could we do next with work. And we're just talking about this idea. In all your ways, submit to Him. It's like, hey, give it to God. Work could feel great right now. Still so give it to God. It's wise. Go, God, I'm loving work. Is this what you want for me? Or is there something better? 
Do you have the next thing in mind? Am I missing it? Because Proverbs are good, not just in the valley, but they're good on the mountaintop. Because on the mountaintop, sometimes God says, hey, you need to gain some more strength because there's another mountain to conquer, right? Don't just think you've arrived on the mountaintop. So no, in all your ways, submit to Him. In all your ways, in your finances, in your workplace, with your children, with your friends, relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whatever decisions in life you are making, submit to Him. Now, I don't mean like, what, Lord, what socks do you want me to wear this morning? If you want to do that, that's fine. But I like, I don't do that. But in all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths and He will make, I love that, He will make, not you will make with your strength, not you will make with your might and your ideas and your understanding and your life. Hey, in my life experience, God, that if I did this, this will go this way. No, he says, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. He'll make a clear way. He'll make things straighter. A lot of times that I've noticed, you don't realise a path is straight until you kind of look behind you know what I mean? You make decisions as you're going through, you're like trusting God, faith, it's a bit murky, it's not clear. And then you look behind, you're like, gee, that's straight. Gee, that was a quick way. Like, I'm glad I didn't go through the bush there or go through the other side there or like I did on the amazing race and I kind of ruined our team's chances of winning. Now you look behind and you go, wow, I've been trusting in God and my path is straight. If I keep trusting, it should hopefully still end up that way. It should continue to be straight. It's awesome. What's next? We're closing. We're coming to a close. I love this scripture in Isaiah. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. It's a sober reminder. We try to box God in and understand Him, and we try to bring Him down, and we compare Him to our life experiences. And I, yeah, I don't reckon God would do that. Hey, well, the Bible says something different. I don't reckon God would be like that. That sounds a little bit mean. Well, the Bible says it, you know, you kind of, and we try and conform God to our own understanding and our own perspective and our own life experiences. But he says, you can't understand my ways. You can't fathom the things that I have planned. You can't conceive of them. You can't understand them. You will never be able to understand them all. He says, they're too high for you. They're higher than your ways. They're supernatural. You just can't wrangle God's thoughts down to our human experience. So lean not on your own. So the band can come out if you guys want to come out. It's all good. And then last but not least, we've got Proverbs seven, uh, 3, 7 to 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. It's just kind of, I don't know if you've noticed, but if, as we've been going through the proverb, it's like the writer is slowly taking us in deeper. He's like, yeah, do this. This will be good for life. This will be good for life. And then he's like, hey, yep, don't lean on your own understanding. And he's slowly taking us in and making us look at our own life and our own heart and what's actually going on. He's taking us deep into an inward journey. And he's saying, this is wisdom. 
It starts from the inside out. It's not just doing things on the outside. No, it actually starts at the heart. It starts on the inside. It says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This fear the Lord is is pretty key throughout Scripture. In Proverbs, it also says that the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. It's like the key that opens the door to wisdom. And that doesn't mean a cringy, like, oh my God, like fear of God, not like a gripping, you know, hold the table leg, fear of God. It's more an admiration and a respect and holding a heart of awesomeness towards God. So fear the Lord, hold, hold the Lord in high reverence. And it's actually, it's actually uh, acknowledging the fact that it's relationship in which true wisdom is found. It's not just the doing, it's not just the bits and pieces, but it's, it's in relationship. Fear the Lord. It's a, there's an intimate moment with God where I fear the Lord. I, I love God. I, re, I revere His commands. I treasure them. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Humility at the feet of God. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And that actually is literally talking about your body. Health to your body. That this is a divine wisdom is going to bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. It's going to make you feel alive. It's going to make you, it's going to bring joy. It's going to bring peace all through Proverbs. It's going to bring these things to you. And I love this. I'll just finish on this scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 1, 24 to 25, just to, to hit home. It says, But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Wisdom, in the end, is a person. It's Jesus. It's like Scripture doesn't, Scripture doesn't take apart and segment wise living, the doing and relationship over here. And it's one and the same. It's relationship, it's closeness, it's proximity with Christ. It's following Jesus. It's a heart-to-heart thing. It's following Him. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So true wisdom is being in relationship with Christ. It's a step with the Spirit. It's walking with Him. Following Jesus is where we're going to get wise living from. And I want us to stand this morning and I want us to, I want to pray over you guys because I think every single one of us has areas in our life where these things, what we spoke about this morning, they're kind of just, they're hitting home and they're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm probably not as merciful and kind as I should. I need to put that around my neck. Actually, I'm not leaning. I'm leaning on my own understanding completely in that area, to be honest. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not leaning on anything to do with God. <laughs> it's not going well. There might be areas in your life where that's true. And that's the whole point of Proverbs. It's saying, hey, take God's side. Take God's wisdom. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Wisdom in your own eyes would say, yep, I'm there. I've, ha- I've, I've arrived. I've, I did the goal. I've got all the Proverbs sorted. No. 
submitting your ways to Him is acknowledging I don't have it sorted. I need the wisdom of God in my life. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.